Hey, it's Marvin Musian. You're listening to Moto X Pod Show. Hey guys, I'm Jenny Taft. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Once again, we're back with another episode of the Moto X Pod Show. This week, it's episode 150, brought to you by Torque One Racing. Remember, guys, for all your hard part needs, please check out our title sponsor, TorqueOneRacing.com. Look at their handlebars, pegs, grips, shifters, brake pedals, lots of goodies up there. I, I use their lock-on grips, love them. Going to be getting me another set of their bars real soon uh, as I get ready to get back on the track. So check them out. Let them know the Moto X Pod Show sent you. And, of course, longtime sponsor, Shock Socks, All Sport Dynamics Wrist Braces, Blood Lubricants for your oil needs, Fly Racing, best gear out there, Power Band Racing for your uh, WP suspension needs, Works Wheels and Mods for Cerakoting, Extreme Colors, helmet, Custom Helmet Painting, a Cherubies for all your plastic needs, X-Brand Goggles, and Williams Moto Works. Please visit uh, MotoXPodShow.com and click on our sponsor links. Check them out. Get the contact info. Use those sponsors. Let them know you're uh, listening and that their support is appreciated. We want to thank all the patron supporters, as usual, for reaching out. We've got a new one. I think I mentioned that last week. We really, really appreciate that. It's really cool to see how much you guys care and uh, help us out. Uh, We're coming off of another great race at Glendale, which was a triple crown, of course. I think a lot of people really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Um, some people, you know, some of the riders don't love it as much. Obviously, there was a little bit of downtime in between the races. It seemed a little long to me watching, but the action is pretty cool. Kenny won all three of them. That doesn't hardly ever happen. Uh, I don't know if it's ever happened in the 450 class. Points got tightened up in the 250 class. Lots of good stories. Zacco, of course, crashing um, many, many times. Uh, we had Bogle and zombie Chris blows as he's been labeled, knocked out a couple of red flags, very unusual set of, uh, events, but all in all the racing, I think was pretty good. The points are very close. Our 450 championship, I think is going to stay pretty tight. I also want to give a huge congratulations to my boy Skippy and his baby mama, Tiffany, uh, huge congratulations on the birth of their first child, Rhett Paisley. That's a, that's a big deal, and, and really it's pretty awesome to see how far my boy Skippy's come since meeting Tiffany. He's growing up a little bit. He, he, he's become a man, and uh, now he's got his first child, and I wish nothing but the best for them. But if you guys were listening to Pulp, you heard Skippy call in uh, while he was at the hospital waiting on the birth of this child. And, uh, yeah, so congrats to both of you guys. Love you guys. Look forward to awesome things and watching you guys become amazing parents. Um, but anyway, we're going to take make this short tonight. We're going to be back with uh, Jay Reynolds from Hoosier Arena Cross. He's going to come on later this evening and talk about the series. They just got done racing in Mesquite, Texas. And I think we may make that a little bit like a short weekly segment with uh, Jay and some other guys that help him out with that Arena Cross series, help that thing get promoted. If you guys are anywhere in the area where they're racing, you got to go check it out. And Ashley Jung with Alpine Star, she's going to come on tonight and talk a little bit about what she does and um, – 
you know, what she does for Alpine Stars, what she does for rider support. It's pretty cool, her history. And then privateer Logan Carno is going to come on and talk to us a little bit. He made the main this week at uh, Glendale, and that was pretty cool. So we're going to have him visit with him for a little bit and see what his plans are for the rest of 2020. All right, be right back. If you want power, then you need Williams Moto Works. Wait, wait what, what was that? It's the Supercross guy voice. No, no, it's not. Sounds more like a Hulk Hogan promo. Well, that's good and tough. I like that. Dude, we aren't making a redneck commercial for a professional company like Williams Moto Works. He designs camshafts, built performance motors with CNC porting. So it needs to be tough and cool. A company who can reprogram ECUs, higher rev limits, and custom maps needs a professional commercial, dude. So, like... If you want complete power package from cams, portings, transmissions to ECUs, then contact Williams Moto Works at 414-467-6199 or follow them on Instagram at camdesigner or you can even email them at Williams Moto Works. That's Williams Moto and then W-E-R-X at gmail.com. Okay, that's better. Not good, but better. All right, we are back. And I want to introduce you guys to Blood Lubricant. Blood Lubricant oil lines were created to bring out the highest level of performance and protection for all types of racing. Blood Lubricants has three series of oils to fit your needs, as well as chain lube, degreaser, polyclean, and more. Whether you ride moto, race dirt track, or anything else, visit bloodlubricants.com for all your oil needs today. And Blood Lubricants brings us from Alpine Stars, Miss Ashley Young. What's up, Ashley? Hi, how's it going? Going good. Uh, really excited to talk to you. Um, Got to visit with you a little bit at A1, and I, I met you at some point in 2019, but never really got a long chance to sit down and talk about, uh, you know, how you got in the industry, so that's what I want to do tonight. Yeah, definitely. So what's your background, um, you know, pre-Alpine Star, what's your background with uh, motocross or motorsports in general? Uh, yeah, so um, kind of grew up racing and riding. Um, my dad actually got my brother, sister, and I into it. He used to ride when he was a kid, and he wanted to pass that passion along. So, of course, um, you know, as you know, it kind of doesn't take much to uh, to catch the bug there. So yeah, absolutely. Probably, <laughs> so probably when we were about, uh, I'd say, seven or so, he picked up little uh, PW50, where lots of us start. Yep. And um, used to take us to the local local tracks, rode Lake Elsinore a lot here in Southern California. And then from there, kind of took a little break, um, had some other focuses, other sports, things like that. But when uh, my when we turned uh, 15, my sister was like, you know what, like, I want to get back into this. I want to I want to try to go pro and do the whole thing. So, uh, you know, a few, you know, a few, a few years later, um, kind of just started going riding like three times a week practicing yeah progressing just building the skill um and kind of just uh started with the like, with motocross and moved a little bit more into like grand prix racing the big six series and uh some national hair and hounds so went a little bit more into the off-road side of things nice um but yeah so that's where that's where the passion all started so but definitely loved racing and riding growing up yeah i've been talking for probably i guess right at a year now that i would love to get out to socal and do a big six or a works or something like that um i met gary sutherland last year well i guess you know it's been two years actually two years ago and he kind of you know i met him through Kiefer, and he really gave me the bug of wanting to get back out and do some off-road riding because i started 
riding dirt bikes when I lived in, my dad was stationed at Fort Irwin, now near Barstow, and mm-hmm. we would go, we'd do some Grand Prix, like we would go out and do the Barstow Grand Prix, or we would go yep. over to, you know, LACR, do some motos or whatever, and um, I, I haven't got to do that in a long, long time, and it, man, it's just, it's a different style of riding, and it's so, I remember it being a blast, just riding through the desert, and you could go f- forever out there. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of freedom when it comes to the off-road stuff. And it's funny because growing up, it was always, you know, we're at the motocross track yeah. two, three times during the week and then races at the weekends. And then um, a friend of mine convinced me to go out and do a parent hound with her. And I was like, I just don't get it. Like, how do I know where I'm going? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't understand. I'm going to get lost. And I remember rolling up to the start line and she's like, yeah, you'll be okay. Just follow the pink ribbon. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, yeah. I'm going to get lost out here. Like, you guys are going to have to come find me after. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. And then, you know, rolling up to a, a desert race with a shiny motocross bike with no protection. I had everybody at the start line making bets on if I was going to finish the race or not. And I was like, what did I do? What did I get myself <laughs> into? Yeah. But I actually um, ended up finishing first. I mean, it was, uh, I started in the, um, I believe it was a novice class when I started doing the off-road stuff. And just from there, progressed and got better and just kind of like really fell in love with a little bit more like challenging and technical style of riding. Yeah. Which, don't get me wrong, motocross brings its own technical um, aspect as well. But sometimes you're just out there in those nationals and you're like, I don't think I'm ever going to get through it. And you have no <laughs> choice but to figure out how to get up that hill. So, yeah. It definitely uh, taught me a lot of life lessons. <laughs> That's cool. I like that. Like, yeah, I, I, you know, I can imagine you being out there and just like you just said, like, how do I get up this obstacle and you got to figure it out. And, uh, you know, it's yeah, motocross track. It's just the same thing over and over and over when you're out in the, the desert or around here out in the woods, you, you know, things change and you don't always know what you're going to come across. Um, pretty, pretty cool. It's not something I've gotten to do, like I said, in a long, long time. And with my recent injury again, I've definitely been considering trying to find something a little slower pace. Not that off-road is really less dangerous, but it, I think it's easier to slow down and still have fun than on a yeah, motocross and track. you're a little closer to the ground. Yeah, yeah. You know, on a motocross track, it's kind of like, you know, well, if I don't go relatively fast, I cannot jump that obstacle, so what's the point of being out here? But, like, I could go out and ride in the woods and go as slow as I want probably, and I, I'm, I may be wrong. I haven't done it, you know, so I could be completely wrong, but I feel like I might yeah, not. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I might not get hurt as much because, um, I, like I told you a little while ago, I'm getting old, so I don't I don't need any more injuries. Um, yeah, all right, let's talk. One of those things you can make as technical as you want. Yeah, you yeah. Go as fast as you want, but also slow it down, like you're saying. Let's talk about the uh, the professional side. How did you get into a career in the industry? Uh, did you start at Alpine Star? Did you start somewhere else? How'd that work? Um, so I actually started um, at Three Brothers Racing um, when I was in my last year of high school. Um, I started working at Three Brothers Racing, which um, is a KTM and Husqvarna dealership here in uh, Southern California. And uh, those guys over there, they're like a second family to me. Um, you know, go over there on Christmas Eve and, and spend a lot of time with them. And um, I uh, worked for them for quite a few years, probably over five years. I worked for them when I was finishing. Uh, it took me a little longer to... Uh, to get through college. Um, I was having a lot of fun racing. So, yeah. you know, the books kind of hit the back burner a little bit, but, um, so the whole time I was, uh, uh, finished my last year of high school and going through college, um, I was working with them. And in my last year of, um, going to college, I needed, uh, two internships to, rec- uh, complete my course requirements. 
so um, I had a friend working at uh, Suzuki Corporate at the time, which was right down the street from the school I was going to. And she's like, hey, yeah, like, you know, fill out this application and um, we do paid internships over here. And I'm like, oh, okay, awesome. That's so, awesome. And yeah, it worked, it worked out pretty well. So I ended up doing um, a, uh, a uh, marketing and social media internship over with Suzuki North America um, for about six months. Okay. And um, after that, all this while I was still um, still working at the dealership, going to school, doing an internship, like balancing everything as best I could. Um, and after going from Suzuki, I actually landed another internship over with uh, the Bonner uh, Motorcycle the Media Group, which they have, um, you know, like Dirt Rider to their name among a few other magazines. Okay. So I ended up doing an editorial internship over there for, I think it was three months with them. Nice. What did you do there? What were your, what were the things that they had you, your role? Um, for Suzuki, it was creating uh, social media posts, interacting with different fans, things like that. Um, everything, of course, I was getting approved all the while, but it was, it was pretty interesting to be able to sit in. They, they would allow me to sit in on, on different, you know, meetings that, of course, weren't too sensitive or anything like that. Oh, nice. Um, so I got I got a lot of like hands-on experience and a lot of knowledge from there. But yeah, I would um, do a lot of their help out with their social media, okay. um, other like little random tasks here and there that that uh that they let me get my hands on. Um, you know, we had a there was like a friends and family style event that they had had um had while I was there, and I got to help you know kind of set up the event, and see what goes in the back side of things. Um, when I was with Bonaire, um, it was actually interesting. We were taking, um, article features, uh, from print mm-hmm. and we were, um, they had me, um, converting it into online articles. Oh, so okay. I was kind of digging through their, their media archives and recreating the articles on, onto the website. So that was pretty interesting to see as well. Yeah. And of course, little odds and ends over there. That, yeah. That's obviously the, the transition from print to, digital has been huge in the last just few years really just and yeah i think eventually unfortunately print's going to go away so that's that's really cool um and and the social media side of stuff that you'd mentioned doing some of that it's amazing to me how big that's gotten and how much advertising is now done just through social media yeah definitely and it's um I did that internship quite a few years ago, so I'd yeah. say maybe social media wasn't taken as seriously as it is now. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was it was it was very. Um, I feel like it gave me a good foundation to learn how to you know have a voice. You know, they kind of essentially supplied me with a voice of what they want their their company to sound like, mm-hmm. and kind of taught me those skills of how to interact with, you know, the public and the fans and, and things like that. So it was, it was a really, really um, insightful experience. That's cool. Yeah, and it gets your foot in the door. Um, so to, when does when does Alpine Stars come along? Uh, so Alpine Stars came along. Um, so actually, after I graduated college, finished all my internships, um, the friend of mine that was working over at Suzuki at the time that actually, you know, helped me get, yeah. get in over there with the internship. She was leaving and she recommended me for her position, which was like a digital marketing specialist position. And she was kind of pitching it to them like, Hey, you know, uh, she's kind of already had an insight to the company. She kind of knows what's going on over here already. Um, 
you know, she might be worth um, asking in for an interview. So they ended up giving me a call. There was um, a little bit of management changes over there. So okay. I know they weren't completely familiar with me. Um, but uh, they ended up bringing me in for an interview, and I kind of let them know what, how I, who I've been working with, you know, in there in the past for my internship and, and gave them a little bit about my background. And um, I got hired on uh, with Suzuki North America as a digital marketing specialist. So um, was with, I was with Suzuki for about a year. Mm-hmm. And then from there, um, I saw uh, there was a position open with Alpine Stars. And um, I applied. And, uh, yeah, they called me, I think, within a couple days. They wasted no time, got me in there and everything. Um, and it was a relatively a, a short process from there. Okay, and your your title uh, is technical media services. Is that what it was from the beginning? Are you basically in the same position, or has it evolved? No, that's correct. Um, and I'm more of the offer side of things. Okay, um, we have a few other. Um, you know, I have a, a awesome team that I work with. We have somebody that covers you know the on road side of things, and mm-hmm. then um, someone else that covers a little more uh, like maybe non endemic media and more. Uh, like if, uh, say, a, a movie studio is working on a project, things like that. Oh, yeah. Like a little more. Uh, I, I very much remember seeing on uh, the movie Chips, with Dak Shepard's movie, a ton of mm-hmm. Alpine Star product placement. Now, I know Dave Castillo yep. did a lot of the stunts in that. And, uh, um, yeah, but I remember seeing Alpine Star pretty heavily in that movie. And I'm a, anybody that knows me or listens to the show knows I'm like, I kind of have a man crush on Dax. That's that's my my boy Dak Shepard. So uh, I was pretty stoked when I saw the Alpine Star stuff in that in that movie. That was cool. Yeah, so that's uh, that's definitely something that we'd probably have our hands on. And and Dave and Dax, they're both great friends of the brand. So yeah, um, you know, we like to have them out at our events and and take care of them. Well, damn, I need to get invited to one of these events. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your summer open. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. So what exactly does a technical media service? person do so that i i first became aware of you in the uh on jeff walker's um on the, his vlog i guess it is that he did mm-hmm. and he came in and i saw you on that and then of course i met you like a month after that or a few months after that i don't remember but like so with that instance you were helping him with some product and getting him situated and uh you know a lot of obviously advertising with his vlog is that the type yeah. of thing you do on a day-to-day basis yeah, exactly. Um, actually, uh, Michael Lindsay kind of sprung that one on, on me last minute. You know, he was <laughs> like, hey, I'm uh, I'm coming into town. Are you available? And I'm like, yeah, like, I'll be around. Like, what's going on? He's like, oh, do you have um, some booths available? I'm like, wait a minute, what, what's going on here? And then, you know, he kind of gave me a, gave me the full story. So that's, I had met Jeff. Um, Michael had introduced me to Jeff out at Apollo for the National. Okay. And after I met him, just awesome guy, super polite, really well-spoken, has an awesome story. And I started digging into, you know, him and his story and like his page and and what he does. And just, I thought he was great for the sport and just a great representation of, you know, of somewhat, you know, a lot of people that ride. So, um, I was happy to help him out, but, um, yeah, that day was a pretty impromptu day (laughs) that that worked out well. And, and, um, you know, I was, definitely planning to help him out in some sort of capacity but uh yeah that that was a that was um definitely an unplanned one that's cool though i mean the, the day went but it yeah. worked out it worked out awesome no it was it was a really was cool video and, make it happen. yeah i thought it was really neat and i thought you did a great job and um you know 
I you obviously travel to I guess do you do you go to every Supercross or just the West Coast? No, um, so I travel to the majority of the Supercross and the Motocross races. Um, usually, it's it's um, what we have our consumer tent at, um, mm-hmm. which you can find all of our protection, our boots in there. Um, I go to a lot of the rounds where we have that sort of act- activation at, just to you know help uh, support the team and whatever they need. Um, but, you know, each race, it kind of varies. Like, for example, you know, for Anaheim 1, we had our limited edition boot and helmet. So I was trying, um, you know, to get that out there, have that seen, and, and kind of, you know, put that out to uh, to the media and things like that. And then even, you know, for last year, example, at uh, at um, uh, the Nashville Supercross, we had a couple of um, of our MXG, or uh, sorry, MotoGP athletes in town. So, um, you know, it was kind of hosting, we had Mark Marquez there, um, we had Dovey there and, you know, it was, it was hosting them and taking them to the different rigs and, That's cool. and having them get kind of a little insight there. So, so I go to a lot of the races, um, but the task can kind of vary from round to round. You just never know what type of, of, um, you know, athlete we might have there or mm-hmm. what, you know, what we have going on. So it's kind of fun. It makes it interesting. Not every round is the same. So we like to, you know have our hands on all the things so it's, it makes it interesting yeah but, I can, um yeah i can imagine uh do you like the travel i do um okay. i actually really enjoy it so um yeah i like to travel uh myself even like on, on a personal note mm-hmm. sometimes i think i'm crazy for doing it like some uh weekend concert trips and things like that yeah. but uh but yeah no i actually really enjoy the uh travel part of the job um and I know it, it can get kind of intense sometimes, but I think just having a passion for the sport in general and figuring out a, to make how to make a living, um, you know, and something that you're so passionate about, you know, it just it, it adds an added element and what makes it exciting for me. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I can only imagine. I mean, I do this sort of it's more of a hobby, I guess, really. There, you know, it's not definitely not a living doing this podcast. Um, so being able to be in the industry for a living um, man, that's, that's the goal really for, you know, so you're, yeah, you're doing a great job. Um, what would you say is the worst part of your job? Hmm, the worst part of my yeah. job. Is there anything that you go, think. Oh God, I don't want to deal with this, this event or this situation or this, this writer. No, I can't think of something okay. off the top of my head. I'm, I'm sure I have those moments yeah. from time to time. That's good. But you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, perks as well in this position and and i think that you know you you might be having some of those moments but then you're like uh but then we have this event coming up and it makes you excited and it gets you kind of re-motivated again yeah don't get me wrong like any job i think you know everybody kind of has those those moments but like i said i'm pretty um i feel very fortunate to to be able to do what i love every day so i know not a lot of people can can claim that so right yeah for sure um, now on the media side, you, you said that like Michael Lindsay, uh, you know, got in touch with you, uh, for the Jeff Walker deal. Do you have to deal with magazines or anything like that? Advertising with those guys, whether it be Transworld when they were around racer X or, uh, commercials or anything like that. Yeah, definitely. So, um, with my role, sorry, I kind of skipped over that one. No, that's fine. Asked, but, no. um, uh, yeah, with my role, uh, definitely um, that's kind of my main focus is working with different publications, different media, influencers, and mostly um, within the off-road community. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so working with a lot of end- endemic media um, and making sure that they are, you know, obviously um, educated in our products and what we have coming 
um, as well as just making sure that their products and the things they're using are current and are functioning properly. And if they do have any questions or run into anything, that I can assist them with that. Um, on the advertising side, um, I don't deal with much of that directly, um, but uh, it goes through a different process out of um, our other office. Okay. Well, you mentioned you know products and stuff here a minute ago. So you recently uh, you got me set up with one of your A1 chest protectors, which I look very much highly rec- was recommended by Chris Kiefer, and I look forward to trying this thing out. Um, how is that something that you deal with regularly where like somebody that's quote unquote media or industry wants to try something and you, you kind of give them a, a, let them test it out? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that's something that, uh, that we do pretty frequently and especially, um, with our products, you know, they are, you know, I believe one of the, you know, best protection pieces you can buy, um, you know, in the market. And so I think a lot of even like you can kind of talk about something all day and somebody might not even understand exactly what you're saying. But then when somebody gets their hands on it, touches it, feels it, experiences it, then they can kind of understand where it's all coming from. Because I think it's, it's, that's what makes the difference is when you let somebody experience it for themselves. And I think our products can, can back that up, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. I've heard, uh, you know, Mathis has talked about the, the, the A1 chess pro a number of times. And, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm sponsored by Fly. The show sponsored by Fly. I've, I've used one of theirs for a long time, which I like it. But I'm really, really excited to use this A1. Um, it's, it's it looks really comfortable. Like I love the way it's built. It's hanging on my bike right now because I'm just drooling over getting a chance to get back out there real soon. So um, I want to talk about the boots for a minute. Um, I've been wearing Tech Tens now probably for three or four years. So I have the the little bit. I guess the last design. Um, yeah, that was part of our last generation. Yeah, I did get to uh, test a pair out at Cycle Ranch back in November. I was actually wearing the, a pair when I ate shit on Bradshaw's bike and went to the <laughs> hospital. Um, and they called me, or I actually got texted while in the emergency room about, hey, we need those boots back. So I, th- I thought I was going to get away with some free boots. That did not work out. Uh, but I, uh, I mean, you, you, you crashed and you know, you tried, I did. I mean, I mean, yeah, that's what I'm just telling people is I did it on purpose to try to keep the boots. Um, I mean, you know, like, <laughs> it's a solid effort. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't go as planned. Uh, but the boots were freaking amazing. Um, are the tech tens or do you even know, are they the most popular of the Alpine star off-road products or is there something else that I'm not thinking of? No, you know what? The Tech 10 is obviously it's our um, it's a kind of our flagship boot, and that's what a lot of people know us by. But our Tech Sevens and um, a lot of our other boots, our Tech Five, our Tech Threes, they all share that same technology. Um, so we do have um, a lot of popularity with our Tech Sevens as well, and um, that boot also comes in a enduro version. So for all the the off road riders, it has a little bit more of a beefed up sole. Um, so we have a lot of popularity in that boot as well. And I know there's always, you know, that, that conversation of, you know, the inner ankle brace. I know some people don't, don't prefer to have one. And that's mm-hmm. where Tech 7, I think, really fills that void as well. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about that boot as well. Uh, I, I chose the 10 uh, at the time, just I, not really for any reason. I'd never even worn a boot with a booty until the Tech 10, but I wanted to try it out. And I really, really liked it. Um, and I... I Definitely, that's what I'm going to go with on my next purchase, which 
will probably be soon. You know, after I had that injury, I kind of thought I was going to be done riding. I, I kind of made up my mind for about, I don't know, three days that I was done. But I'm back and <laughs> I'm ready. I definitely, yeah, it usually doesn't take long. <laughs> no, it didn't. I mean, I was literally like, again, in the ambulance and texted or called my fiance and said, hey, I'm going to the hospital and I'm done. I quit. You know, I, I just don't want to get hurt anymore. And her response was like, why? You love it. You know, you're going to want to do it again. And she was right. It didn't take long. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we've all been there. It's like, yeah. you know, you're in the emergency room or wherever, and you're like, so how's, like, the bike looking? You yeah. know, it's rideable, yeah. or can I ride next week? Or oh, I was, at, on here? I was asking that. Like, my, my GoPro was ran for about 10 minutes after I hit the ground, and actually some of it's on my Facebook, but I punctured along, broke some ribs, and I was – it wasn't even my bike. It was literally Damon Bradshaw's bike for the weekend that I crashed, and I was like, oh, God, tell me the bike's okay. Please tell me the bike's okay. <laughs> Uh, which it yeah. wasn't, it was not. Um, but anyway, that's another, Oops. yeah, that's a, that's a story we don't need to relive anymore. Um, all right. So yeah. Ashley, my last question is uh, you deal with a lot of riders. There's a lot of guys with person, great personalities out there. Um, without giving names, unless you want to, is there somebody that's been a real pain in the ass? Have you had to deal with somebody that's a pain in the butt? And then maybe who's the most fun to deal with? You know what? I haven't had to. We have an awesome racing services team. Okay. And they handle, um, they are the ones that are the ones working with the riders on a daily basis. Gotcha. And on race day and those that side of things. So I can't say that I've had to work with them on a, uh, the racers on a, a not-so-good day. But I can't say uh, all the guys, um, you know, Dean Wilson, Aaron Pussinger, Barsha, um, Anderson, Tomac, those guys are all phenomenal when we have them out at um, an event or even we just had them recently out for our um, international sales meeting and uh, they were awesome. They were just great with all the, uh, with all the different distributors and, yeah. and, yeah. you know, and, but yes, I think, uh, you know, again, it is racing passions, uh, passions run high, but, um, yeah, yeah. you know, luckily I let, I let the racing services team deal with that part of it. Okay. How about dealing with Kiefer? Is he a pain in the butt? Just say he is. Oh man, Kiefer! No, I, I I have nothing negative to say about Kiefer. I love that guy. Nobody does. He's he's uh, he, he's the best. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't think I don't think I could even lie about it. I feel right, bad. right. Did you uh, see Did you see the post? He I think it was on his uh, story maybe yesterday where Aiden passed him going over a jump. Did you see that? Oh, I did see it. That was awesome. I did. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah, but, that was fantastic. Well, I was like, kind of had to take like a double take at first. I was like, wait, what's happening in the show? Yeah. And then I was like, oh, wow, all right. It looked kind of like it looked kind of like Chris had laid up a little bit. Like he didn't really put a lot of aggression into the jump while <laughs> while Aiden was trying to scrub by. But it's still a fantastic uh, thing that we could definitely poke at Chris about. That, you know, Aiden scrubbed past him basically. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, well, no, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give them uh, some shit about it next <laughs> tell, Yeah, tell them, hey, man, next time you need a pair of boots, sorry, we're, we're, we're taking care of Aiden now. Yeah, I'm like, oh, for the fast guys, oh, my. Uh, <laughs> no, awesome. No, I love Chris. He's, yeah. He's been, and you know what? He's one of those guys, too, that's just been nothing but, um, like, awesome with me, too. And Good. he's he's a great guy. Awesome. Well, Ashley, it was, it's really been fantastic getting a chance to meet you and get to know you a little better. And uh, I look forward to seeing you in San Diego. Yes, yeah. Thank you for having me on. This was uh, my first um, official podcast, so. Well, I think you uh, did great. Easy on me. Yeah, I <laughs> thank think you. I, I think you did it. great, and I'm sure um, when I see you in San Diego, uh, I'll have to find you. Like, I don't think I actually saw you at Anaheim on race day, or maybe I did for a brief moment, but it was. Oh yeah, we're running. <laughs> yeah, well, if I catch you, 
if I catch you, I'll, I'm going to have my GoPro because we'll be doing like vlog stuff. So I'll have to try to stop you for a minute and see how your day's going. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And we're going to have uh, some exciting stuff coming out for San Diego as well. So Okay, cool. Um, it would be awesome to show that off to you. Absolutely. Well, uh, I'm going to let you go, but keep me in mind next time you guys have Dax Shepard at an event, I'll, I'll find a way to get to California. <laughs> And, uh, you know, then he and I could become best friends. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, <laughs> keep that summer open. All right. We'll get you A- out here. Absolutely. Ashley, thanks for uh, having some time for us tonight, and I'll see you soon. Yeah, thank you. It was nice chatting with you. You too. Thanks. Bye. Bye. All right. That is Ashley Young. Give her a follow on Instagram. It's obviously Ashley. Last name is spelled J-U-N-G, but it's Young. But check her out, man. She's cool. She's uh really cool chick really friendly and uh you know she's out there doing her thing with alpine stars and obviously they're one of the elite companies in the business okay take a commercial break we'll be back with logan carno hey dad great race not sure how you could even see thanks bud track conditions were pretty brutal but thanks to my x-brand goggles i had hashtag clear vision all the way X-Brand Goggles has grown into the goggle choice of many of the top privateers such as ben lemay john short alex ray kyle chisholm as well as 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion Gary Sutherland. Hey guys, this is Gary Sutherland, 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion, and I trust X-Brand. My name is Ben LeMay, and I choose X-Brand Goggle. Hi, I'm Andy Kiefer, and whenever I want to be best dressed, I wear X-Brand Goggles. Hey guys, this is Kyle Chisholm, and for almost a decade in my professional racing career, I've chosen X-Brand as my goggles. Now, X-Brand Goggles is joining the Moto X Pod Show for 2020 with their EKS, S, and Flat Out Series goggles. Go to eksbrand.com or email darksidemx3 at aol.com for pricing. What's up, guys? This is Alex motherfucking Ray. And if you don't use X-Brand, then f*** you. What's up, guys? This is the 7 Juice Trade out of Entertown. I'm here to tell you about Aturbis USA. For decades, Aturbis has been the leader in motorcycle plastic and accessories like full plastic kits, frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards. In 2020, they are the proud sponsors of Red Bull, Factory KTM, Factory Kawasaki, TLD KTM, and Rocky Mountain KTM, as well as many top privateers such as myself. All you got to do is go to AturbeastUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and y'all better tell them Motorhead Pajo sent you. X-Brand Goggles has grown into the choice goggle for many of the top privateers like Jacob Hayes, John Short, and Ben LeMay, as well as Alex Ray and Kyle Chisholm. Visit xbrand.com to order now or hit me up, Darkside at, damn, I just messed it up, DarksideMX3 at AOL.com for pricing. I'll get you guys hooked up, but X-Brand Goggles brings us Mr. Logan Carno. What's up, dude? What's going on, man? Oh, just another day, a uh, rainy day here in East Texas, dreaming about riding dirt bikes. Uh, how about you? I feel you. Yeah, just, uh, <laughs> just hanging out here in California. Uh, just did a little bit of riding today, and I'm um, just hanging out back at the house. Yeah, so you, you've got nice weather. You got to ride today while I drove around in the rain thinking about riding. Yeah, it's beautiful out here. <laughs> I bet, man. I'm I'm looking forward to getting there uh, next week. We'll be out there Thursday morning for San Diego, so I, I'm – Bringing the fiance with me. It's going to be a fun weekend. Yeah, hopefully it's a little bit better than last year. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Uh, I, I'm crossing my finger. You know what, though? To me, I was born in San Diego, so just being out there, it doesn't matter. I, if I'm in Cali yeah. and at a race, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, let's talk about uh, Glendale, man. Uh, the first Triple Crown of the year. You made the main event. Um, that LCQ, you know, is always gnarly. Uh, what, how was your day up to the LCQ? How were you feeling? Um, I started out started out the day pretty good. I I was 19th in untimed practice, 19th in uh, first time qualifying, and then 19th in second <laughs> qualifying. So yeah, it could have been a little bit better, but I feel like I rode pretty good in practice. I was I was in 17th until I think 30 seconds to go of the last qualifier and um yeah i guess two guys got me on the last lap so i was starting on the first guy out i missed about like a tenth or two of a second right that um that last those last few spots man in the lcq are always just everybody seems like they're so close and they're battling and, and hell it's a little bit dangerous at times oh yeah for sure yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but uh what well, oh go ahead i was just gonna you want me to talk about the lcq yeah yeah absolutely yeah, so when I first gave it for the LCQ, had a had a pretty good jump, and then I think I uh, uh, I kind of missed shift or something, and kind of got swallowed up toward the end, and actually had a, a really bad start. I think I was at one point 12th or 13th going through the first rhythm section, made a bunch of quick passes, and actually ended up in like sixth place or so going into the second or third lap. Uh-huh. Made a couple more passes, got into third, and kind of just held it there for the last lap and so it was actually a pretty good ride i got i got a little hairy times, but yeah yeah I was, I'll, take, I'll take it it was a kind of I, crazy race. i was watching that man i was watching you pulling for you and cheyenne and uh you know and then man i, well, I mean hell cartwright damn near killed himself um oh. yeah that that thing dude they they've got to put those things on the live tv show part and those, those races are so good and you guys are battling, and the guys that don't make it, I mean, they just deserve some TV time. Yeah, for sure. I'm actually not super bummed they didn't air that because I was <laughs> so squirrely in that Right. Race. Like, everybody, so many people come up to me after the race, and they're like, man, you rode so good. I'm like, dude, I don't even know how I qualified. I rode, like, such <laughs> squirrel out there. That's funny. Somehow, I was riding sketchy, but normally I'm such a smooth rider, too, and I kept making so many mistakes, and I was like, god dang, and yeah, but I got the job done. That was, that was what I was having with, I guess. Absolutely, you got in the show. Uh, talk about that track, because I heard, you know, just listening to some of the post race stuff with Mathis and whatever that it was, you know, it was a little bit slick at times. And, and the morning, I guess it was wet. You know, they had overwatered it maybe, but to get it ready for the night show. And of course, with a triple crown, there's a that's a lot of time on the track, a lot of bikes on the track. Um, what did you think of the track? Did you like it? Was it breaking down? What did you think? Yeah, I mean, I think they did a good job with the track. I uh, I never really feel like I ride that good at Glendale with it being like more, always more like a higher speed track. I feel like I'm better like slower speed technical stuff. Okay. So I always kind of struggle a little bit there, but I think the track was good. I mean, big long rhythms, difficult technical, and it was really really a long track. Yeah. Yeah. Which was good in like the lap builds. Uh, it wasn't like a freaking twenty something lap main event. <laughs> Yeah, it was. Uh, it seemed long, you know, even watching it. But then, yeah, those the lap times were a little long, and that long straightaway and just crossing back or that start long start and people cr- you guys crossing back over it a few times. Um, I th- so far I felt like the tracks this year have been pretty good race wise. Um, I thought there seemed like there were some good places to pass even this weekend. Maybe not as much as the last three weekends, but I feel like they're doing a good job building the tracks and making them racy. 
Yeah, I agree for sure. I think the first, I mean, every track so far has been has been pretty good. Yeah, I'm not. I got nothing to complain about. I think the whoops have been pretty good. The like big whoops, pretty much every weekend, which is good yep. for me. I'm all guy, and I was kind of struggling with the whoops this weekend, though. They were they were they were pretty sketchy. Well, I think everybody did. I mean, you know, Cooper. We see Cooper Webb in the 450s, um, who struggles usually, but I mean, he was not good at all this week. And uh, you know, I heard a lot of people say that the whoops were uh, you know not great this this weekend and we're gonna have that though obviously you know sometimes they're gonna be good sometimes they're gonna be bad but uh you know sitting on the couch watching it it was it was good <laughs> yeah for sure it's definitely uh definitely a separator because i mean they were like super like they didn't really get any smaller right than, like lots of practice they just got sketchier because <laughs> they kept getting kind of edgy and right right basically cement and then they started getting slippery and yeah not yeah, not really thing. a good uh combination for for you as a rider but it, it you know you, you got away got through the night so that's good um what do you think of the triple crown format do you like it is it a lot for a uh a team like prmx which is you know basically a privateer team um is that a lot for you guys to to make it happen yeah i mean i i think i do like it i had a pretty good triple crown last year in mm-hmm. houston i did pretty well this one I kind of, I actually kind of had a little mishap in the first one. I don't know if you noticed, but I didn't even, I didn't even line up for the first race. Oh, I did. I was watching that. I was wondering where you were, and uh, yeah, what happened? Yeah, I, uh, I had a tire done like right before my third main event, or I'm, I'm sorry, the first main event. Yeah. Or after, right after practice, it was done. Okay. And then I went up to to the race. My mechanic checked my tire pressure like right before I went out for the race. Like everything was good. I did a practice start, and as soon as I did my practice start, like I was going down the start straight or, or over the first rhythm section, I noticed that I had a flat rear tire. And I was like, oh, my God. I think it must have been pinched or something. And then when I got on the gas, it spun a little just... bit. Yeah. Wow. So, How heartbreaking was that? I mean, you know, at least at that point with three main events, you know you've got more to go. You weren't out for the whole thing. But I, I, I have to imagine that hurt. Yeah, it, it sucks for sure. My mechanic jumped right on the back of my bike. I didn't even finish my prayer lap. I went right back to the starting gate. Jumped, he jumped on my bike. We went back. We swapped out a wheel from another bike. Put it back on real quick. Got back down there, and I saw the the board. It said eight minutes to go. I was like, God dang, it, I missed it. And I still tried to go out there, but like the AMA officials, like, nope, 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 nope. You're not allowed to go out. I'm yeah, like, right, well. it, it's funny they stopped you, and I don't know if you heard about Zacho because Zach Zach did the same thing in the one of the main events and then actually I think the third one and with the restart he came back and they let him back on uh which they weren't supposed to and then he got DQ'd. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. See the the issue that I had they said I could have changed my wheel and went back out but the it was a, it was because I left the stadium. Yeah, that's what he did. He went out into the pits and then came back okay. but somehow they let him line back up after the restart and they weren't supposed to. He asked apparently uh, and they said, yeah, go ahead. And then once he did, he, yeah, he wasn't supposed to. So the, yeah, man, with the, something like that and a triple crown, it seems like they've got to, they got to figure that out a little bit when there's some time in between you, you, you had eight minutes left. You should have been able to line back up. I would think. Yeah. That's what I would have thought. At least go out there and like just somebody DNS or something. I could at least get a position or two. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, but still you go out there and, uh, you got, uh, two twentieths and a DNS, for 21st overall, um, man, when you look at the the riders and all these in the 450 and the 250 classes, a lot of competition. Um, making the night show is a hell, of, a, you know, an accomplishment in itself. 
are you okay? Are you pleased with your, your main events at Glendale or not so much? Not even a little bit. Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't know if you saw my Instagram post, but I was actually struggling with a, a swollen vagina all night. Alrighty. Didn't know you had yeah. one of those there, Logan. Yeah, dude, it sucked. I was struggling with it, but I'm going to get her taken care of this weekend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I was just talking to like, I don't know. I just, I couldn't get going. I, yeah. Yeah. I felt the, the second main when I didn't race the first main, I kind of came in a little bit cold and yeah. Well, I don't know. The does, third main, I, I didn't ride good either. So, so mate, does know. this have anything to do with, you know, the, the Instagram post that your, your girlfriend, Amanda posted a couple of days ago and everybody's like, how do you even, uh, have energy to race right because you know, i mean you got a smoke show for a girlfriend obviously you know yeah. maybe maybe you need to uh lay off a little bit logan yeah you might be right on that <laughs> she may not like that but uh yeah <laughs> man you're young you're having fun i mean i hell i shit i would do anything to be able to make a night show i've never been that talented so I, i'm impressed um what do you need to work on then so what's what's the next step for logan carno um, to, you know, let's get, let's get top 15 or even top 10. What do you think you, where do you need to improve? Yeah. I just think this was an off weekend for okay. me. I mean, I, I felt, I felt good like all day, but then just kind of struggled in the, in the night show. But like last weekend I did good. I made it right out of the heat race and right. I ended up just the main, made some late passes and yeah, I just think it was an off night for me. I think I should, I should be right there in that 12 to 15 range with like Costello and Wageman and those guys. Like that's, that's my speed guys. I just, I just had an off night. Yeah. Um, what about team PRMX, man? Um, Julian is the owner of that. Is that right? Is it... Yep. Yep. Okay. So we talked to him last year. Uh, he has a real passion for the sport. Uh, I believe Cade's on the team with you. Um, talk about that team a little bit and what they're doing to help you out and you know, how that deal came about. Yeah, I've been I've been riding for Julian. I think this is my third year riding for him now. Okay. And uh, uh, he's always had my back. I wouldn't be racing if it wasn't for him. He's he's always had my back. He's always uh, giving me bikes and you know pretty much everything, like gear, everything, taking me racing. Like I couldn't do it without him. He's been a huge help for me, and he's just stepping it up every year too. I mean, we have a full semi this year. Yeah. Like the first year was, was like it wasn't really like much. Now it's pretty legit. Yeah, I think it was last year. Uh, I think I met you at Nashville. Was that were you at Nashville? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's where. I, if I'm not mistaken, I met Julian that day, and then I met you too that day. And that team, though, man, you know, it's teams like that that to me are the backbone of the sport. I mean, there's only so many factory rides, and there's only so many guys that will ever get that chance. But to have a guy like Julian with PRMX that comes out and supports guys like yourself and Cade, who's coming back and you know, needs some help, man. I mean, and, and keeps the sport alive in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. The sport definitely wouldn't be what it is without guys like him. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, how did that deal originally come about? How'd you get hooked up with Julian? So my first year pro, I think I was on a Honda. Okay. And I used an engine builder. His name, uh, his company is TLR. He's based out of Florida. Um, Julian was using him for engines, and he, Julian put out a thing to uh, TLR and was, like, asking if he knew anybody, like, looking for, like, some help or anything, and TLR put, threw my name out there, and he contacted me, and 
yeah, it's just been good ever since. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that's that's like the dream right there, right? I mean, somebody reaching out, asking you or asking who needs help instead of you having to go ask for help. For it. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Like the rest of that Supercross year, he kind of just helped me out with like some small stuff. And then the next year, like I got on his bikes and stuff. Cool. Um, okay, so a guy like yourself, what is something – I'm asking a, a kind of a Mathis question, but you know, besides a money tree, what's something that you would like to see change in the sport that would benefit, you know, a guy like yourself, uh, you know, obviously more money is one thing, but uh, what else, you know, that maybe is more realistic failed doing that would be beneficial. Um, I don't know. Excuse me, you said that I just, I just thought of money. Yeah. Well, I like, think that's the, the maybe, that's probably 99% of what, guys like yourself need honestly and uh, um you know other than having somebody else help you out like julian and prmx so um yeah i i don't know if Feld's ever going to change the purse you know if people can bitch about it all day long and it, i mean if they don't if the riders and the teams don't stand up and probably just say all right we're not going to race then that probably nothing's ever going to change yeah it's just it's it's just sucks like with the amount of money that I make for like making a main event as a joke. Yeah. Like not like through sponsors and stuff, but like it's okay, but like straight through felt is purse is money. Yeah, I mean I, I would assume and guys I, guys like me really rely on that money. Mm-hmm. Unlike like the packing guys. So the th- there's money races throughout the year, you know, at different areas like here where we live in East Texas in uh, like November there's the pro challenge. Uh, could you make more money doing like races like that if you really wanted to than what you're making doing Supercross, do you think? Yeah, I would say so if I was a better outdoor rider. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a very good outdoor rider, but like I do a lot of stuff in Canada, a lot of like smaller money races up yeah. in Canada. Some like spare races kind of local to my house and yeah, I mean if you have the right races, I think like uh like Ryan Brees kind of just cruised around the country and hit like all the like local indoor money races and I think did pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny that some of those places will pay out more, you know, not necessarily for the to the win, but you could end up making more. It, it just kind of sucks, man. That failed. I don't want to bash failed that much, but it, it definitely they know what needs to be done and it's not getting done, and it kind of sucks for guys like yourself. Um, yeah. All right. So, what's the rest of the year look for you, man? You you're gonna finish West Coast. Um, any chances of doing 450 East Coast rides or anything like that? Yeah, that's the plan. Okay. I plan on I plan on trying to hit every single race if I can. Like kind of something similar to like I did last year. I just hopped in my I just stayed on my two fifty and just kept racing the four fifty class and then Right. Like like I was way more prepared like when I came back to the West Coast. Like that's when I got my best results last year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I remember seeing some of that. Um that, that I like the fact that you're doing that on a two fifty. That's pretty cool. I mean, I don't know that anybody needs a four fifty, honestly, other than maybe at the Glendale start, you know, that was insane. Yeah. Jesus, 140 yards is what they said that thing was. That's unreal. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much the only like shitty part about it is just is just the start. Yeah, like it's gonna be really hard for me to ever get a really good start like in a 450 LCQ to make it. But I mean, racing's racing. It's good, like racecraft and all that stuff. Well, man, Logan, it's really cool. I, I mean, I I like watching you ride. When I get to see you, I got to see you quite a bit on the LCQ, and um, I think I think you've got a lot going for you. Um, what, what else do you like to do besides racing? Let's, let's talk about personal life real quick. Um, what, what other hobbies do you have? If any, I have a really like big BMX background. Okay. 
like I actually almost stopped. Well, I kind of stopped riding for a little while, and I kind of I've rode BMX basically since I was since I could walk. Yeah. And I got I got actually pretty good at riding, and uh, but it just it wasn't motocross. It didn't really give me that you know like adrenaline rush that riding does. But I still do it. Like I mean, I still ride bicycles quite a bit, and I like golfing too. I'm not very good at it, but I enjoy it. <laughs> That's something I've never done. I don't have the patience, man. And I mean, I've I've you know went to the driving range. Um, but that's about it. I, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't even understand. Like I've thought about going with some buddies or whatever, but I'm like, I have no idea what even club to pick. Like, how do you learn which club is the right club, you know, for what situation without, I guess, somebody having to teach you. Yeah. I just learned from other people. Like I said, like, I can't even hit a driver. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty bad, but like going okay. just with buddies and like having a couple beers and yeah. cruising around <laughs> man i guess i gotta try that out and i i like have golfing, go ahead going golf is way more fun than going to the driving range for sure oh i'm sure it is it's just i just never have broke down and done it i guess because i suck so bad at driving a ball i'm like man i'd be embarrassed probably but maybe i'll give it a shot um and i've been riding bmx not bmx necessarily but i've been riding bmx bikes like downtown where i live there's a big group of us now that we go downtown and we street ride at night and uh yeah. it's fun um until I, you know, broke my ribs and punctured my lung a few months ago, and then I couldn't really ride the bicycle. I'm actually scared to even bunny hop anymore, just because I'm afraid I'm going <laughs> to crash and hurt something. Yeah, that's not good. No, I just, dude, don't getting old sucks, bro. Yeah, I feel you. Well, <laughs> no, you don't. I'm not. I mean, I'm young still. But I yeah. Feel it. All right, Logan, man, it's been really great talking to you. Um, and man, I, I'm definitely going to come see you at San Diego and I'm going to get you on the camera for our vlog and we'll visit, man. I'm, cool. I'm looking forward to it. I'll make sure I got my smoke show girlfriend there too. Yeah. That's really, I'm not even, I really don't want to talk to you. We'll just, we'll talk to Amanda <laughs> and uh, for like four hours until she's ready for yeah. us. Yeah. No, Logan, man, it was great talking to you and um, man, I look forward to seeing you uh, race. I'll be watching you on TV this weekend and I'll see you in San Diego. Yeah, sounds good, man. I appreciate the interview. All right, bud. Take care. See ya. See ya. Logan Carno with PRMX. Uh, yeah, good follow. He's a funny dude. Um, looking forward to, like I said, always visiting with these guys. And I, I like the privateers that work their butts off and, you know, make these shows, man. It's awesome, right? It's part of the sport. Um, okay, hang tight. We'll be right back with uh, Jay Reynolds with uh, Hoosier Arena Cross. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. With research and development, they have become a leader in safety and comfort. Fly Racing is worn by many of the top athletes in motocross and supercross, including Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Andrew Short, Damon Bradshaw, and Adam and Tyler Antonap. Seven dude Trey, I wear Fly, you wear Fly too. 2019 Fly Racing line includes the popular Light Hydrogen, the new Evolution DST line, the all-new women's light line, a redesigned F2 helmet, the FR5 boot, and Zone and Zone Pro goggles. Fly Racing also has hard parts for mountain bike products and snow gear. Go to flyracing.com or check out your local dealer for more info. If you're looking for top quality hard parts, you need to visit Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. Find the flow with Torque One Racing handlebars, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and grips. Torque One Racing is the title sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show, so support those who support us. 
Visit Torque1Racing.com and order your Defy Lock-On Grips today. Blood Lubricant Signature Products, Blood Power Sport Series, Blood Racing Pro Series, and Blood Racing Pro Elite Series were all created to bring out the highest level of performance and protection for all types of racing. From dirt track to off-road, motocross, supercross, and drag racing, bloodlubricants.com has what you need. Along with their oil lines, Blood Lubricants provides chain lube, degreaser, polyclean, and other top-notch products. Independent tests have shown Blood Lubricant oils to allow your bikes to run up to 30 degrees cooler. Give Jeff Green and Blood Lubricants a try and you won't be disappointed. Blood Lubricant sponsors of Tyler Powers, Team PRMX, Team TXS, and many other pro supercross and motocross riders. Visit bloodlubricants.com today. Hey Kylie, does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way Kathy, he uses Shock Socks, the original and number one 10 second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork seals. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork seals, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. What's up, Moto X Pod listeners? This is Darkside, and as motocross racers, one of our top priorities is safety. That's why All Sport Dynamics wrist braces are one of my favorite products. All Sport Dynamics sees themselves as the Picasso of safety braces. Their passion for design and developing beautiful braces never stops. They've had the privilege to work with some of the largest names in the sports industry and have established a reputation for always bringing innovation to the table with every brace. For the pro chasing the championship or the six-year-old whose mom wants to avoid a broken bone, please try All Sport Dynamic wrist braces. Go to motocrosswristbrace.com. Or check out Instagram at wristbraceguy or call 936-569-1003 and ask for Jeff Brewer or Gary White. And keep in mind, these are the wrist braces that Justin Bogle, Joey Savacci, Weston Pike, Adam Cianciarello, Matt Gerke, and Brock Tickle wear in their pro careers. Check them out, all sports dynamic braces. Powerband Racing is a suspension company dedicated to providing best service and products. They are committed to developing new products and improve your ride they want your suspension to be the best it can be they're based out of minneapolis and they're a wp authorized service center and trusted by ryan sipes many bikes to big bikes they cover them all powerband racing has your suspension covered contact them at 320-983-3400 and follow them on facebook or instagram all right guys we're back you guys know a lot of us have some beat-up bikes, and we want to make that thing look good, look at, make it look brand new. Check out a Cherubies USA. For decades, a Cherubies has been the leader in motoplastic and accessories. With parts that fit perfectly, look amazing, and last, a Cherubies has what you need. Visit acherubiesusa.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and ask for Brian. Let him know the Moto X Pod show sent you. And tonight, a Cherubies brings us Mr. Jay Reynolds from Hoosier Arena Cross Series. What's up, Jay? Man, I tell you what, Jamie, it's really cool that you mentioned the Cherubies. Yeah. Um, gosh, they uh, they've been a big supporter of us, and you know what's cool about them? They give, they really do give back to to the riders. Definitely. What What are they they've, doing with? Uh, I know they're supporting your series. Talk about what what help they've been for you. 
Oh man, I mean beyond the you know beyond the track markers, which are so nice. Whenever <laughs> yeah. whenever you jump up, I mean whenever you go off of a you know a double or a triple and you can spot the landing because there's two markers on the side. Think about how cool that is. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, and they brought that in. But the other part is, is we've got the world's richest riders meeting at each one of our rounds. I've heard about this. Yeah. Dirt. Yeah, and um, so. I decided to do things different this year um, in our series. Usually we give away all the stuff that's given to us, usually around $10,000, $20,000 worth of stuff. We give it away at the year-end awards banquet. Okay. And that, you know, and I just started looking at the numbers. We've got literally a thousand riders that come through our series uh, a year. And, and that awards banquet, you know, I mean, which is really, really cool. And, and we've got stuff for them, but, but we were that was all that stuff and everything that uh, sponsors want to get out there is just benefiting maybe just a few people. So we developed this thing called the World's Richest Riders Meeting. Every Saturday we take we take all the stuff and a Cherby's gives away a free plastics kit at every single Saturday riders meeting. Wow! And we do yeah, and we give away this all this stuff through um through a free raffle so whenever you show up at the riders meeting that's an incentive right yeah yeah <laughs> show up at the riders meeting um then we give a free raffle ticket and not only Cherby's, we've got sunoco race fuel uh hoosier tires um fmf gives away free exhaust every single race every single <laughs> wow. riders meeting wow um sp tools just signed on and they give away a tool kit um, bear paws with gloves. I mean, it just keeps on going. Uh, 100% goggles, um, fly. We give away a fly strider, strider bike. We give away, uh, gosh, factory connection. We've been, we've been giving away, uh, uh, full on, uh, full on suspension revalves at every, at every round. That's amazing. Uh, Marshall's racing gives revalves and everybody, everybody, doesn't matter who, what place you come in, everybody has a shot to win that. We usually have 20 to 30 winners um, out of that. Uh, engine ice, we give away four jugs of engine ice a Saturday. That's good stuff right there. Yeah, I, I, man, you know, I, I go to a lot of races and, you know, I'm sure, you know, amateur races and, hell, we skip the riders meeting most of the time because, you know, you're like, oh, I've heard all that before. But, heck, yeah, I mean, you're, you're definitely giving everybody an incentive to come and, get together and, and it probably in the end makes it a lot safer having everybody know the rules and instead of assuming the rules and, and then they could walk away with something pretty cool. Yeah. Everybody really, really enjoys it. And uh, we call it part of our give back program. Yeah. We have, you know, we have whole shot awards from a hundred percent and fly at every single, every single night. Um, as part of our give back program. Um, gosh, if you just sign up for two classes, uh, both days, Friday and Saturday, you mm-hmm. get fly certificates and Rocky Mountain ATV certificates. So, nice. if you're if you're running the program, if you're running just a weekend's worth of racing, you should come out of there with a bunch of new stuff. I mean, uh, Bike Graphics gives away a whole graphics kit. They have what's called their golden ticket that we give away through a random thing at sign up. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. So, well, yeah, you guys are definitely giving back. I like that because yeah. You know, you mentioned that you used to do it at the award ceremony at the end, but some of these races, like you were just in Mesquite this weekend, there, there's probably some kids. Or like I had a buddy, Chad Mayo, show up this weekend, and he's he probably won't be at the awards banquet more than likely. So this gives guys like right. that just come out to one event that gives them a chance to uh, get some some goodies. For sure, and you know what's the result? That's been a had a tremendous 
definite uh, shows in our uh, in our signups. All that um, we've been averaging right around seven hundred to seven hundred fifty entries. Nice um, every single weekend. Um, I think because it might be one of the reasons. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, it's it's very expensive. Obviously, we all know how expensive going racing is, and as a parent, especially for probably some of the youth uh, riders to know that maybe you'll get a little back, you know, and that could save you down the road. That's definitely a benefit. And it's, it sounds like it's fun. So very cool, man. I, um, you know, I know you mentioned earlier before we were talking on air about, uh, the pro race this weekend. Sounds like it was a heck of a race. Uh, and I know you said Ben LeMay showed up. Uh, a lot of people have been wondering what's going on with him this year. Uh, talk about the pro race this weekend at Mesquite. Oh, it was crazy. I mean, it really was. Um, we had, not only we have the heat races in the mains, but we also had the dash for cash that we, you know, everybody's like, bring back the dash for cash. <laughs> yeah. So we did it. Really? And, uh, yeah. Raised like, we did it through the crowd deal too. You know, the crowdfunding. Okay. Raised $800 for the dash for cash. Heck yeah. And I, you know, <laughs> that's a good little bit of pocket change for somebody in an arena cross for a weekend. I mean, geez, I, you know, I, I'm certainly not a wealthy guy. 800 bucks for a weekend, uh, that that would make me a happy person. I'd take it. Heck yeah. I know, I'd take yeah. it too. Yeah. So, but, yeah, so Ben LeMay, I t- it, was, it was the Ben, Mah- ben LeMay, <laughs> Michael Hicks, and Brett Greenlee show. Okay. And Michael Hicks and Brett Greenlee are some, uh, some pros out of uh, the St. Louis area, and they are running strong. Michael Hicks has been giving a lot of guys that are uh, big name guys been giving them fits. Really? And uh yeah, um Ben Ben got out and Michael and him battled real hard. I think Ben got by him uh in either the heat race or the yeah, the heat race and then the main event I think he got the jump on him and won the two fifty race. Mm-hmm. And uh and then um and then Mike and then Brett was right on their heels. And um then Michael got the jump on Brett on Ben and uh and beat Ben on uh, on Saturday night, I mean on Friday night in the 450 class. Nice. So, that, that, I would say that's probably as a fan you wouldn't really expect that. So that that's that's exciting that you got some battles going on like that. Oh yeah, and um, and then the battles further on back, you know, that was the top group, and then you had, I mean, not more than maybe a half a second back, which in arena cross is quite a bit, right? Right, right. right. I mean, you have another five, six guys with guys like Justin Kelly. And uh, who's been running our series out of out of Illinois the whole series? I think he's number two in points right now, and he he's battling in that fifth sixth spot, just just hammering it, trying to get on the box. And uh, it's amazing racing. I mean, I, I'm very privileged and excited to be there just to watch the pro racing that happens. Yeah, I'll bet. Uh, you you mentioned also that you've been having an average of fifteen to thirty pros per race. Oh yeah. Yep. That's been the numbers. That's a good turnout. And, you know, I mean, that, that's really a good group of guys to put on a, a good show for your fans. So along with that, you and I were talking just a little bit. We're doing it a little bit different. Okay. So if we get 20 or more pros, then what we do is we have a thing we have called a B-Main Challenge. So let's say you've got 24 pros and you line them up. On, we, have tw- we have a 12-man gate, and uh, just like most arena cross does now. And so that creates two uh, 12-man heat races. And you know how a lot of times you look up and down the line and you're like, yeah, I'm about a sixth-place guy. Right, right, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. And, right? I mean, you can kind of tell. And, and you got and you, 
and you're taking the top four to the main, uh, direct to the main. So out of each heat race, top four go to the main. That leaves eight and eight. That leaves 16 guys to go to the LCQ to battle it out for another four spots. Nice. And of course, we put right? So that's a cool race, right? Absolutely. That, that LCQ is. So four come out of that. That leaves 12 more guys that don't make it, right? Well, those 12 guys, you know, I mean, we wanted to provide something for them. So we created another race right at the LCQ happens right before intermission. And we created another race called the B main challenge. And we took those 12 guys and put them on the line for another five lap race. And because a lot of the super fast guys are out, or maybe somebody even had a bad race or broke or something, and it gives them three shots to make the main event. Okay, sweet. Yeah, wow. And yeah, it's really killer because um, now even the local pros got the shot. He's got three shots to make the main event and three shots to make money because we pay back three spots in the B main. Um, so that makes a total of 15 spots that we're paying back whenever we do the B main challenge. Yeah. That's wow! I like then, that. What do the writers seem to think of it? I love it. Okay, they're eating it up, and um, so what that can do is that can extend the career, help extend the career of some older, you know, some older pros or the young up and comers that need more track time. They can get more track time that way on an indoor in an indoor setting, um, and uh, and that's what the B main challenge. And right after the B main challenge, then you've got the top ten qualifiers, and they're going out for the dash for cash. <laughs> it's a lot so of racing. That's right after, yeah. So you've got all the amateur main events plus, and then we've got the we've had two we've had four heat races, right? Because there's mm. two fifty two two heat races a piece. So you've had four heat races, a uh, two LCQs. Um, and that was all right before intermission in the pro class. And then after the intermission, you've got the B main challenge, the dash for cash and two 15 lap main events. That's a lot of racing that people are getting their money's worth. It sounds like. Oh, and it, and it just shakes it up so yeah. much because whenever you mix them up with, in all those, I mean, the B main challenge is one of the best races because you've taken out all the really fast guys <laughs> and all those guys are about the same speed. Yeah. yeah, awesome. yeah. Right. Yeah, and that's cool, so, you know, and I'm sure a lot of the people that show up are, probably go, you know, to their local tracks. So some of these guys are local pros, and they're getting to see the people they know all battle, you know, on an arena cross track. Absolutely, absolutely. And you've got the fast, super fast guys, and they always, you know, those are the four guys you look down the line, you're like, ah. Yeah, on. yeah. You know, you know, and uh, so that's why we did that. So they're loving it. It's working out really well. Um, and the Hoosier Ring Cross is, is doing well because of that. Sounds like it. You know, and I, I, it sounds, it seems just from word of mouth that the Arena Cross series is, you know, some of the regional series are starting to, you know, get more people at the, the stadiums or at the arenas. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. more riders are showing up. There's more payout. I feel like the growth of our sport, I mean, it's, it's still there. It's, it's not dying like maybe we were afraid a couple years ago. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, it, the health is coming back up. It's slow, but it's but it is coming for sure. Um, what does it seem like at the grassroots of this thing for you when you have the parents that are you know just kind of weekend warriors that show up uh, and their kids can come race in the arena cross, or maybe the parents are racing too? What are the, what's the feedback you're getting for just you know the the average local guy that doesn't really take it super serious, but wants to come out and have a good time at your event? Uh, they, I mean, at our events, we're getting nothing but positive right now. Yeah. Um, and, 
it's that's really good. To your point about grassroots racers, I think that's coming. I think that's coming back around where we were losing it before a little bit. Good. Um, I, I really, I really do. Um, we've all, as promoters and and industry people, we've always got to continue to fight that fight. You know, to bring in those to bring in those racers, and that's one thing I tell all the shop sponsors that we, whenever we go to local, I say there are more people that come and start racing in arena cross mm-hmm. than there ever was in an outdoor race, in an outdoor race setting. And the reason for that is, is that, um, we spend, um, the arena, the bigger arena crosses out there like us and, and kicker and stuff. We spend 20,000, $25,000 in advertising a weekend. Yeah. So, so little Johnny's sitting there. Of course, he goes, "Wow, look at that! I want to go see that, Dad." Right? Yeah, yeah. And so, so they come watch, and then the next thing you know, they're buying a bike and they're going to they're going to the local track. So we are dri- we are helping to drive the local the in a big big way the the local outdoor racing scene and bringing in your grassroots racers. That's fantastic. Because of the advertising dollars, because of the advertising dollars that we spend that go through traditional and social media channels. Right. Um, that's awesome. Well, speaking of the youth and stuff, uh, we had talked off air a little bit. You were gonna, you want to talk about the super mini class at this recent, oh. uh, uh, this recent round at Mesquite, Texas. How many did you have a good showing? A lot of kids showing up. We've been having, you know, you've been having a decent, a decent group of, uh, of really healthy group of 50s and 65s which makes it really exciting right mm-hmm. to, um, for the future and um and then our super mini class it's been good and solid and we've had two guys who two racers who have just been tearing it up and they literally are on top of each other <laughs> i mean back and forth back and forth back and forth and that's Ryder linhart and jackson brassfield those two guys I'm going to take a film. We're going to film them next time and put it up because they're putting on some of the best, the best racing. Um, it's as good as the pro stuff. I mean, it was really, really cool. I mean, I love that. So, I, I love seeing those kids out there battling. And there, there's, there's some kids with the what the swag, as they say now, you know, these kids have, and just the, the yep. bike skills that these younger kids seem to have now where, man, they aren't afraid because they're young and they, they have, they'll scrub and, you know, they get the legs out over the jumps, and, man, it's pretty cool to watch. Yep, absolutely. I mean, they're training. A lot of these kids are training, right? Yeah, now. yeah. So are they at least, they're at least getting weekend training time with some pros with more and more training facilities showing up. So, And it's good that they're racing. So I've always been a proponent of you've got to race. And I think more and more people are getting around to that train, but you can't forget the racing. Oh, I totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, yeah, well, I think your series is, is, um, you know, a platform for that. Obviously you're traveling throughout uh, a lot of the country and a lot of these kids can get involved and do some of the, you know, races, even when they're still training, you know, take us Friday and Saturday night and go hit a race. Uh, where can people find out more info about the series? Sure. No big deal. Everything's at a Hoosier arena cross, whether you're on Instagram, Facebook, or on the online, it's Hoosier arena cross. And this weekend we're headed to yeah this weekend if guys if you're out in the southeast around anywhere within four hours of memphis tennessee i encourage you to come that's one of our biggest events um it's 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 going to be huge nice large arena there so that's we're going to be at the memphis agri center this weekend awesome man well uh before i let you go 
you mentioned a few of your sponsors. Do you have any others that you want to mention on air before uh, before we wrap oh, this up? Oh man, I, w- I don't want to say and all those who are in case I forgot. I'm like here <laughs> there, but yeah, I think you know I think I mentioned a lot of them. One big one that we're trying to br- that we are bringing to uh, bringing along is Sunoco Race Fuels. Okay, and uh, we're pretty excited about their. Uh, their their uh, their attempt to, to not to, I mean as they go into uh, motocross racing and they start to show what they've got they have so many different blends yep um, and on the dyno they're starting to sh- if you get the right blend um, to go with your your tune package then they really really work well and they're less expensive so we're excited about that really awesome well congratulations on the the series doing so well Jay. And uh, we'll try to do this every week and just, you know, we'll do a little update and uh, see how the races are going each weekend and talk about what you got going on. But we appreciate you coming on for a little bit. I love it. Love what you guys do, and I'm looking forward to hearing your other guests later on today. All right, Jay. Thanks so much, and you take care. You too. All right, see you. All right, that's Jay Reynolds with Hoosier Arena Cross. Like you said, check him out on Instagram, uh, Facebook. If the series is anywhere near you and you get a chance, go check it out. Go maybe uh, sign up. Some good local racing going on. Uh, it's you know it's arena cross racing. It's fun. It's banging bars, but it's always a good time. All right, let's wrap this thing up. Once again, I want to thank Torque One Racing, Shock Socks, All Sport Dynamics, Blood Lubricants, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, Williams Motor Works, Works Wheels and Mods, Extreme Colors, Acherbies, and X Brand Goggles. Listen, guys. You got to go support our sponsors as much as you can. Uh, even if you're just hitting them up on Instagram and letting them know that you appreciate them supporting the show, tag them, let them know you listen. Uh, those guys, along with our patron supporters, are the reason we're able to do this, the reason we're able to get to Supercrosses and get more content. Uh, it's a big deal, man. So please, please let them know you're listening. It really does make a difference. All right, again, patreon.com. Go uh, search out the Moto X Pod show. Support the show if you can. Once again, congratulations to Skippy and Tiffany on the birth of their child. Uh, Be looking next week. We're going to do another fly racing giveaway. We're going to give away a Revel Chess Pro. So be looking for that. Uh, We'll talk about it next week. Um, Let's see. I'm trying to go through my mind about anything else needs to be talked about. Uh, And right now, I'm sure I'm forgetting something, but I can't think of it. So that is a wrap. We'll be back next week, and we'll discuss Oakland. See you. See you.